0: Hey everybody, this is the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Nuggets games, for only 39 bucks per month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Nuggets home games with your Inwego subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Nuggets games, it's Rockies, Rapids, Avalanche, Buffs, Concerts, Beer tastings food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to inwego.com BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it, just like we did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app today for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show.
1: Hey everybody, this is the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only 39 bucks a month with no additional costs or fees You heard that right. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, the next few weeks, you could hit up Avs vs. Stars, Rockies vs. Phillies, CU vs. UCLA. You can head to Denver Fall Whiskey Festival, Westward Feast, or the Big Wonderful Beer Fest. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use the promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we all did here at BSN Denver. So go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. And with that, I'd like to welcome you guys to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. I'm Harrison Wynn, of course, with Christian Clark. Monday edition of the pod, we're here breaking down what we saw at Media Day. Monday morning, just a warning, this will be an abbreviated podcast because I got to catch a flight to San Diego. But Let's go over some high-level points from what we saw Monday morning at a very interesting media day, I think, down at Pepsi Center. Christian, what's one big takeaway that you had from this morning?
2: Isaiah Thomas doesn't believe in pressure, Harrison. I didn't know that was possible as a human being, not to feel that anxiety, that stress, in difficult moments, but Isaiah Thomas, the man, the myth, the legend, is apparently above it all I learned today.
1: Yeah, he definitely had a certain aura about him. Um, it was kind of interesting talking with all the guys. You know, we spoke with Gary Harris, who obviously drew a big crowd from the media folk there. We spoke with Nicole Jokic, who drew a big crowd. Michael Porter Jr. Everyone, everybody wanted to know what he had to say. Paul Millsap as well. The biggest crowd, though, was definitely around Isaiah Thomas, and I don't know if I expected that, but he definitely did not disappoint with what he had to say. I think Isaiah Thomas had a lot of memorable sound bites in today's press conferences at media day. And you're right. He's definitely not one uh, to back down from anything. And he quickly uh, affirmed with us that he's going to be one of the most vocal members on this team, I think. And something we speculated about last week, he's going to be a loud voice in this locker room. And we definitely found that out today for sure. Yeah, the exact quote from
2: Thomas was, it's no pressure. I don't believe in pressure. I work work way too hard to think about pressure. When I get healthy, the world knows what I bring to the table. Michael Malone told a pretty good story about him and his coaching staff being in um, his his office last week. And his office is kind of down the hallway from where the Nuggets locker room was. And last season, he said it'd be really, really quiet in his office while he was strategizing with, with his coaching staff. Maybe he'd hear a little bit of music, but Rarely any chatter. Well, last week, he heard a lot of chatter. He heard a lot of yelling. Um, he had to go investigate it a couple times. And then when he got in there, he found it was kind of Isaiah Thomas just having friendly-natured arguments with members of the Nuggets team. Isaiah Thomas said he stayed for an hour and a half after practice one day just BSing with his team about how much would Clay Thompson score if he was the number one option on, on a worse team. Just, you know, basketball arguments you might have with your buddy in a bar. You know, I think the biggest reason why this, the Nuggets wanted to sign Isaiah and brought him in was to be that, that scoring threat off the bench and help carry the offense when maybe Nikola Jokic goes to the bench. But I really do think that from a personality and locker room standpoint, the Nuggets are hoping that that brashness, that confidence rubs off on some of the other players on this team as well.
1: Definitely. And it's also important to note that Isaiah said his recovery timeline extends through the end of October. There is some talk he could be out quite a bit longer than that, but the Nuggets aren't trying to rush him back from this injury by any means. It seems like they're perfectly at peace with definitely not having him for training camp, not having him for the preseason and potentially not having him for the regular season. They seem to be pretty confident with Monte Morris as the backup and bringing Isaiah Thomas along slowly. But yeah, that was really interesting insight, I thought, in terms of some of these locker room discussions and locker room debates that the Nuggets have had since Isaiah Thomas has been here. He's just a voice that they haven't had before. I think I mentioned on a show last week that the Nuggets need somebody in that locker room who's not afraid to say anything to anybody, and they haven't had that in the past. I can tell you for a fact that they definitely do have that with Isaiah Thomas, and he let that be known in a loud way today. They came up with a pretty interesting nickname for him, the Nuggets players did already, Stephen A. Smith, right? Yeah,
2: and when Isaiah Thomas was told that, he really didn't seem to like it. Uh, but I, I think that's accurate in some ways. You know, he kind of is a guy who, who fans the flames a little bit, but he doesn't do it in a way where he's pissing off or agitating any of his teammates. He's clearly a well liked guy in his team, and you know, I, I just I love this quote from him. Um, I know how to win. I want to put that in these guys' heads. Why can't we beat anybody in the NBA? Why can't be we? Why can't we be one of the top teams in the NBA? I don't want to say that the Nuggets need a little more irrational confidence, but they kind of do. I mean, they need a little more of whatever Will Barton brings to the table, and Isaiah Thomas kind of has some of that too.
1: I don't think you're wrong. They could definitely use some more irrational confidence, and one place where Isaiah is going to have that confidence is late in games. An interesting quote from him uh, when asked about taking the last shot in a game, he said, quote, I'm taking it. Don't let the ball get in my hands. I love those moments. So, we've been speculating about this all summer since the news came down that the Nuggets were going to sign Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, this speculation gets put off a little bit because he has a longer timeline than I think both of us thought he was going to have when they did sign him. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of games. Jamal Murray is definitely this team starter. Micah Malone, he reaffirmed that this morning at Pepsi Center. Isaiah Thomas knew that when he signed here. He he still knows that to this day. But I really do wonder what's going to happen if there are a couple games in a row, maybe right when Isaiah Thomas is getting back, maybe the Nuggets struggle late in the fourth quarter. Maybe Jamal Murray struggles late in the fourth quarter. What if Isaiah Thomas gets a chance to really shine hits a couple big shots down the stretch, and then you know what do you do if Michael Malone... Look, there are going to be some big decisions to make regardless. I'm sure he could be out there to take some of those big-time shots if he's playing well. Uh, So that will be a fluid situation all year. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are definitely going to be some difficult decisions, but if you're the Nuggets, you have confidence that you can navigate those situations because Michael Malone is your head coach. Isaiah Thomas mentioned that one of the biggest reasons he signed here was a chance to work with Michael Malone once again. They worked with each other back in 2013-14 when Malone that was his only full season as head coach of the Sacramento Kings and that year Isaiah Thomas's scoring average jumped above 20 points per game. He was like a 13 and a half points per game scorer, so he saw a huge rise in his scoring average the one season he did work with Malone and he credits that with Malone basically unleashing him. Uh the way they both tell it, there are people in the Kings front office who kind of wanted him to be a John Stockton type, wanted him to masquerade as a, a pass first pure point guard. And Malone basically just said, screw that, man. You're a scorer. Be who you are. And it worked out really well for him. I have confidence that the Isaiah Thomas, Jamal Murray thing, you know, I don't think there are going to be issues because Michael Malone has great relationships with both those guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's one thing you can definitely say and another theme that developed from today. As I've written about this summer, as I wrote about the end of last season, really everybody on this team has Mike Malone's back, especially the young core, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, and Will Barton, who I learned today is also in that core. Jamal Murray especially has Mike Malone's back. So you know both those guys are going to be in lockstep with one another really no matter what happens. Another takeaway I had from today, and this is different than what I've seen at past Nuggets media days, the classic question that gets thrown at at these types of things is, "Are you a playoff team?" Like a lot of people ask that to coaches, executives, players. Like, do you expect to make the playoffs? Do you consider yourselves a playoff team? Is it a disappointing season if you don't make the playoffs? Like, you know, classic media day questions, and sure enough, those were asked today to Tim Connolly and Michael Malone and these Nuggets players just like they were asked last year and the year before and the year before that. This year, though, the Nuggets didn't shy away from saying playoffs are definitely the goal and definitely the expectation. Last year, the year before, guys would skate by that answer saying, we're just focused on improvement, year-to-year improvement. We're just focused on ourselves getting better. This year, I kind of noticed a shift in tone. There wasn't as much skating by that answer. Mike Malone came out and said, yeah, we consider ourselves a playoff team. Uh, We're excited about the challenges of making the playoffs as a potential postseason team this year. Multiple players echoed those comments, too. So it was refreshing, and it just seemed like the tone around media day was a little bit different this year.
2: Yeah, this was my third Nuggets media day. And at the first two, those playoffs questions were definitely asked. And... For the most part, the players said, yeah, man, we can make the playoffs. We're a playoffs team. But Malone and Tim Connelly, members of the Nuggets front office, kind of said, well, hey, we just want to get a little bit better. And Nuggets want to get better this year too, but there's a line in the sand. They they need to make the playoffs or, you know, I think there are going to be some changes. Um, that's just the reality of where the Nuggets are. The, under Malone, they've gone from 30 to 33 to 40 to 46 regular season wins. I mean, it's time for this team to to finally make that jump. Last year was a unique situation where 46 didn't get you in. I believe it was only the third time in the last 10 years that 46 wins failed to get you in. But it could be really tough again this year, but the Nuggets were pretty firm. Like, we need to get in no matter what.
1: Right. They were firm about it, and they do need to get in no matter what. Michael Malone did say, though. He did drop something that we've been talking about all summer. Look, You could win 48-49 games and miss the playoffs this year. That's how good the Western Conference could be. I don't think it will be quite that good. I I do believe if Nuggets win 48-49 games, they'll be safely in the playoffs. But any less than that, and you're going to be on the brink of missing, and there's probably going to be maybe three or four teams fighting for those last couple playoff spots, and the Nuggets surely want to be clear of that, and I think they can be clear of that by season's end. So I really like the tone the Nuggets took at media day today. Uh, They were very punctual. They were uh, on the same page with saying that playoffs are definitely the expectation for this team after two straight seasons of missing them by one game. I want to get to some comments that Nicole Jokic had, which I thought were really interesting. First though, I got to tell you about our friends over at Total Beverage. Christian, what if I told you that you could order your liquor on a mobile app, have it delivered to you the same day, and save money while doing it? Well, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy, and you know how we love the local guy. If you download the Total Beverage app right now and use the promo code BSN10, you get $10 off your delivery order. That's promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage app to get $10 off your next liquor order. Check them out today. Totalbeverage.com, the Total Beverage app. Everything you need, wine, beer, liquor, spirits. Check them out at Total Beverage. Nicole Jokic, I felt like he's grown up a little. And you know he's still got that fun-loving spirit. He's still got that playful side to him. We talked about, and I wrote about how he got a new horse this summer, uh, how Michael Malone went over to Serbia, and kind of the playfulness around that, and the fun-loving spirit that Jokic carries with him wherever he goes. But you know, I do get a sense that he's quietly growing up before our eyes, and you know this is going to be what his fourth year in the league. Expectations are high, and. I think for a lot of reasons, for the way he ended last season from the one-on-one conversations that he had with Micah Malone and the heart-to-heart that he had with Paul Millsap that really helped him go on that run to close the year out, that all-NBA level run that he had. and I just get the sense that because of that and because of the Nuggets keeping the squad together this summer and really rolling it back with a lot of the same guys He's really starting to take ownership that he's the best player on this team. If the Nuggets are going to make the playoffs, it's probably going to be on his back. Now, he's not willing to come out and say he's the leader of this team by any means. He'll still defer to Paul Millsap. He'll still defer to Isaiah Thomas when asked that question. But I definitely got the feeling that Nikola Jokic is taking more ownership of this team.
2: Well, one of the things that he said was, maybe All-Star needs to be my goal. And for a lot of players, that might not sound like that's that big of a thing. But for Jokic, it's like, okay, wow, got right. pretty high aspirations for this year. Jokic really isn't one to talk about, you know, his lofty goals publicly or anything like that. And as we've said all summer, I just don't know that it can be overstated how significant Paul Millsap and Mike Malone coming out and saying towards the end of last year, hey, you're the best player on this team. We, we need you to be the guy game in and game out. I just think that was huge for Jokic, um, especially the Millsap thing, because he's talked uh, at length, and he talked again about it today, about how much it meant for him that a guy who's coming off four straight All-Star games sort of deferred to him and was willing to take a back seat to a guy Who you know was asleep, and a Taco Bell commercial was showing when he was drafted just a couple years back.
1: Yeah, Paul Millsap came into this locker room last year, and he comes in not with like a super outgoing personality or not like a super rah-rah leader type guy, but he comes in and he just demands respect because he's a multiple-time All-Star, All-Defensive Team guy, a guy who's played deep in the playoffs on a big stage before, and the Nuggets didn't have many of those guys in this locker room last year. So he demands respect from that point of view and the guys gave it to him. But you're right. At the end of the year, that was so monumental when he handed the reins. Well, not really handed the reins because the reins always were Jokic's if he wanted him, but figuratively handed the reins back over to Jokic and said, Hey, but this is your team. You know, you are the system we're going to play to your strengths and I'm just going to stay in the corner in the dunker spot and get out of the way on offense. Now, there are certainly times when Millsap can step up and make his force known and score the ball and win games for this team, but it was so monumental. I don't think we can stress that enough from last year. And look, I expect Jokic to have an absolutely enormous year this season. I think there's a case to be made that this coming year, might be the best offensive season that he ever has in his career because of the guys surrounding him. He's going to be playing a ton of minutes with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Will Barton, three guys that complement his skill set so well. They can all play make. They can all play out of the pick and roll. They all have great chemistry with him in DHOs. It's just really setting up to be a huge year for Jokic, and I think Paul Millsap can help him on that road to having a huge year too.
2: Yeah, I threw out the idea or maybe I guess sort of a prediction that Jokic could throw up uh, a 21-11-7 this year, average 21 points a game, 11 rebounds and 7 assists. I don't think that's that crazy. I mean, he was at 18.5 points per game last year, and we saw what he did over the last month and a half, two months of the season where he basically averaged 24 points per game. I mean, the the rebounding, he, he averaged 11 per game last year. And then the assists, he just has to average one more assist. I think those numbers are totally within the realm of possibility. And I don't know. I'm not willing to predict that he's going to have the best offensive season of his career. The guy's so freaking young. And I don't know. I would probably just bet on that happening during his prime years, which were a player between 27 and 30, something like that. But I think it's going to be a huge year for him just because he, he's so well set up for success. There's continuity here. You know, the fact that he's surrounded by three guards in Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Will Barton, who can all pass, shoot, and dribble, they are going to crush opponents on the offensive end.
1: Something else we learned in regards to Paul Millsap on that subject today, his wrist to him feels 100%. Last year at his exit interview, I believe he said that doctors told him his wrist could bother him for up to a year post-surgery. that would be all the way through November, end of November, when he had that surgery last year. He came out and said today that his wrist feels 100% fine. He's got full range of motion, according to him. And he kind of displayed for us how last season, uh, he showed us with his wrist, how little range of motion he had. He could barely bend his left wrist last year when he came back to play. He was pretty much playing one-handed. And now he's got a full range of motion back. I think, believe he said he can palm the ball now. And it's going to really help the Nuggets out on offense for sure because he's going to be much more of a threat this year. Yeah, and if you were at exit interviews
2: last year, you had to be a little bit worried because he told us that doctors had told him that it could be an entire year before he was feeling 100% again. So he's back at that point now. I mean, you could just see it last year when when guys would drive right at him. He just couldn't couldn't use that hand to, to block shots or to get into passing lanes. I mean, it was it was almost like watching a defensive end try to rush the quarterback with his hand wrapped up in bubble wrap or something like that.
1: Right, right. It was always like an NFL player who just is out on the field with that broken hand, but it's just all taped up like a club. You just can't even use it. That's kind of like what it was like for Paul Millsap last year, but... Speaking about Millsap's impact this season, I know everybody's talking about how bad this Nuggets defense is going to be. I think Michael Malone even made a joke today about he thinks they can improve a lot because they couldn't have been much worse on the defensive end last season. I think, I don't want to say this Nuggets defense is underrated because that's giving them way too much credit for what I think they'll do. I'm not expecting them to be as bad as they were last year, and I'm not expecting them to be this league worst defense that everybody keeps talking about them as because of Paul Millsap. And if he's healthy, which he is right now, you know, it's really the only thing we can say is he's going to start the season healthy. He is one of the few players in the league that has the ability to elevate his team's play on the defensive end of the floor, leaps and bounds from what it is. There are a couple players that fit that category. I think you can talk about the likes of Draymond Green, not even a Kawhi Leonard to that sense because he's more of an individual defender. Who do like, go
2: Bear, Joel Embiid?
1: Right, right. Those big time defenders that you think about. Paul Millsap is in that category. I do believe maybe a definitely a step or two below the Draymond Greens or the Embiids or the Go Bears, but he's within that realm of just guys who can elevate their team to another level on the defensive end of the floor when he's out there.
2: Yeah. Whenever I kind of figured out that the Nuggets were going to bring back Will Barton and throw him in their starting lineup. I, like a lot of people, thought there's just no way this defense is any better than they were last year. They finished the year 26 in defensive rating. I don't know. I, I Now that I've had the time to think about it, I think there definitely is a path for them finishing something like 20th, 22nd. I mean, a little bit of improvement. Paul Millsup is that good of a defender where he just makes such a big impact. I mean, he's an awesome on-the-ball defender, and he's an incredible health defender as well. You know, I think one of the Nuggets' biggest issues over the last couple seasons is containing containing dribble penetration. And Paul Millsap is one of the best second-line defenders I think in the NBA in just terms of covering up his teammates' mistakes. So I think there is a possibility, at least, that the Nuggets are a little bit better on defense than they were last year. And generally just a little bit better on that end than people think
1: who do you think is the Nuggets second most important defender this year Uh, Gary Harris I agree I I wrote a quick piece before media day that dropped Sunday night if you haven't checked it out it's on bsndenver.com but just laying out one question for each player that could define their upcoming season and for me when it comes to Gary Harris it's can he develop into an elite defender That's the one area to his game he's yet to unlock. We've seen so many improvements year to year with him on the offensive end of the floor. His shooting, obviously, from his rookie year to where he is now. His playmaking ability. uh, His cutting. His ability to play with Jokic. He's improved really in every area. His handle. He's improved in every facet of his game on the offensive end of the floor. The next step is him doing that on the defensive end. And The Nuggets have been one of the worst defenses in the league since he's come into the the league and since he was drafted by Denver. And one of the reasons they've been so bad is because they haven't been able to stop dribble penetration. Well, that starts with the guards. That starts with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, and and this year Will Barton, especially in the starting lineup. So if Gary can mature into more of a lockdown defender, it's going to be huge.
2: Yeah, and I think one other area, Paul Millsap, helps you in tremendously is, the Nuggets lost focus last year. The highs were so high, but the lows were so low. You know, they didn't get up for those games in January at home against the Atlanta Hawks. They didn't have focus on the road against the Sacramento Kings in a game where they commit 26 freaking turnovers. Paul Millsap is a guy where you're going to get a consistent effort from him game in and game out. And I think another year of maturation from these young guys and the pain of narrowly missing out on the playoffs two seasons in a row, plus a healthy Paul Millsap, means you're going to see a much more consistent Nuggets team as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with some other thoughts
0: from Media Day right here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Many of you listen to these BSN Denver podcasts every day, and we appreciate that. We also want you to know that there's even more access at bsndenver.com. On the website, you'll find exclusive interviews, feature stories, locker room audio, film breakdowns, live game content, and game grades, where we grade every player after every game using our proprietary grading metric for each sport. Nobody covers Denver sports like BSN Denver. Go to bsndenver.com and use promo code PODCAST to get a one-year membership for only $29.99. That comes out to $249 per month, half of what our monthly package costs. That's promo code PODCAST for a $29.99 annual pass, giving you a 50% discount. BSN Denver is sports coverage for diehard fans. Welcome back to the BSN
1: Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego Harrison Wind here alongside Christian Clark. Some final notes from Media Day. I know this is an abbreviated podcast. I got a plane to catch to San Diego Monday night. Here, Nuggets start training camp Tuesday at San Diego State University. Quick note on Michael Porter Jr. Like Isaiah Thomas, the Nuggets didn't want to put out a firm timetable for his recovery. He's without a timetable to return to basketball activities still. He's rehabbing every day with Nuggets trainers. He, he's working. He's at the facilities with his teammates. He looks good. I don't think he's walking with a limp anymore. He says he feels 100%. He says that second surgery was enormous uh, for him, and he feels great. Still, the Nuggets, as we have been both been saying, as we've both been speculating, as we've been telling you guys, there are no rush to play him, so... I would say nothing's changed with his status. I would still be very surprised if he played a big role for the team at the beginning of the year and even uh, this season entirely. Uh, Yes to all of that. Harrison, did you see what he was drinking? He was. He was drinking a smoothie. I don't know if I've seen Michael Porter Jr. without a smoothie yet since he's been a Denver Nugget. Do you think he hoops with a smoothie in his hand? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he'll be getting uh, smoothies on the bench instead of waters. Yeah, I mean... He's a healthy-looking dude. Maybe I need to incorporate
2: more smoothies into my diet. I remember in that Altitude interview he did right after he was drafted, he said he goes through 10 or 15 smoothies a week. I think, you know, during the season, I start to look pretty unhealthy. I start averaging, like, five hours of sleep a night. There's always bags under my eyes. I think instead of so much coffee, I'm going to start making some freaking smoothies. I'm ordering one of those bullet blenders tonight.
1: Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Couple other injury notes. Well, we ran through Isaiah Thomas. Jared Vanderbilt, the other guy injured on this team right now, same thing. No real timetable for his return. I would expect him to get on the floor closer to when the G League season starts. I think that's like, what, a week and a half, a couple weeks into the normal NBA season, but he seems to be in good spirits. If you look at his leg, his leg where he had the injury. Is like half the size of his other leg, so that's obviously why he's not playing. He's got to strengthen that leg that he hasn't been using that was in that walking boot for a while.
2: Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt are kind of boys going back to their high school days. Um, they know each other just from you know being elite players. And Michael Porter Jr. raved about Jared Vanderbilt's game. You know, some people asked him, you know, what does this guy have in his game besides rebounding? Because we saw that at Kentucky and. Michael Porter Jr. said he could be a Ben Simmons type player. And, you know, that might be a little bit much. Ben Simmons is incredible. That's exciting. But, you know, I think that Jared Vanderbilt is a six foot nine guy who can move unbelievably well on the open floor. He can handle the ball. He's a really good passer. I mean, he's going to be a long-term player. We're probably not going to get to see it this year. But
1: just just keep an eye on him, Nuggets fans. Just keep an eye on him. And he's definitely somebody the Nuggets are very excited about. Uh, We're excited about him, too. Like I've said many times, he could be, if he gets healthy, if he develops, he could be the Nuggets power forward of the future next to Jokic. Really fits well in the modern NBA. And then we should probably hit on one more power forward. Um, Just a quick note on Tyler Lydon.
2: I foolishly predicted him to lead the summer league team in scoring. Um, He did not have a great summer league. He looked a little stiff out there. He didn't move very well in Las Vegas. And, you know, he just started playing five on five again after having knee surgery and missing most of his rookie season. Lydon did say today that the difference in in his knee now in, in summer league is night and day. Um, so I think that Ty Lydon probably wasn't close to 100 percent at summer league. I mean, he just seemed like a completely different dude in such high spirits. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm at least interested to see in if Tyler Lydon can do anything at all this year because I don't think the guy he was at Summer League is who he is now.
1: Yeah, it, it will be interesting. I agree. Uh, he, the guy we saw at Summer League probably isn't him. It's still, to me, it, it seems like I, I'm not sure how he's going to find minutes in the rotation considering yeah. how high the Nuggets seem to be on Trey Lyles, which is probably the point we should close with today. Um The Nuggets are going to play Trey Lyles a lot next season, it it certainly seems. They love what he did last year, obviously, and they definitely know, as I noted in my one-question column for every Nuggets player, when Trey Lyles plays at least 20 minutes per game, his numbers are absolutely off the charts. If you look back through the box scores last season and go through what Trey Lyles did, when he logged over 20 minutes per game, he averaged around 15 points on well above 50% shooting from the field and 40% from three. When he played under 20 minutes per game, his scoring averages dropped to just five points per contest. So if he's playing a lot of minutes, he's going to put up numbers. If he's not, he's kind of going to struggle to get in a rhythm. And Michael Malone threw us a little bit of a curveball today saying, hey, why can't Trey Lyles play small forward? We know this team doesn't have a lot of options at the three. Behind Will Barton, that have logged consistent rotation minutes. I'll close by asking you this Do you think we might see Trey Lyles at the three? Well, considering Michael Mullen said we might
2: see Trey Lyles at the three, yeah, I think we might see Trey Lyles at the three. Um, (laughs) I I didn't think so this summer, you know, when we were just kind of BSing about it. I didn't think there was really any chance, but I mean, I think Trey can make it work offensively. It wouldn't be the cleanest fit, but you know, he's a a really good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, and he's good at attacking in straight lines. He can make it work offensively, but I'm curious to see
1: how how he does out there defending some threes. I mean, shoot, he can't be that much worse than Wancho, right? (laughs) He played some three at Kentucky. That was really because Kentucky had, like, five big men that were drafted in the first round that year, and he'd potentially play three with this Nuggets roster because of some roster imbalance too so I'm skeptical a little as I'm sure the Nuggets are until they see it in a game setting but hey let's get weird yeah let's get weird baby I mean uh, a Trey Lyles Mason Plumlee Nicole Jokic front court it it would be fascinating it would be fascinating (laughs) for sure they definitely be able to shoot Uh, I tell you that around Mason Plumlee which is what you would need All right. I think that about wraps up today's edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll have podcasts all this week from San Diego. We'll be bringing on guests. We'll have tons of audio from practices and whatnot. Talk with you guys then.